Coming up today on The Story. You know, I was doing meth off and on for uh, about 10 years. And even like a three-day or like a weekend use, you would sleep for like hard for a week or something. So imagine two years. That's like three weeks just like sick and down. And so it was a complete miracle that I was up and walking around in three days. The Story. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have a story for you about a rock star named Brian Welch, who reached the heights of rock and roll stardom as a member of the heavy metal band named Korn. And then he gave it all up when he became a Christian. But that's not how the story ends. Several years later, he says he was surprised to find out that God was now leading him to rejoin his old band Korn. We'll find out why as he has a chat with Andrew Robinson, better known as Robbo. How you going, Brian? I'm great. How are you doing? Very well indeed. Great to be chatting with you, mate, and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing the response from an upcoming documentary that you've been a part of, looking at your life and the uh, crazy life that you've led. It's called Loud Crazy Love, and I think it's uh, fairly apt <laughs> for a number of reasons. But uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk to us about that today. Yeah, man. We're really excited about it. It's uh, It's been a long process to get through all my my issues and, and get my family back in order. So it's uh, things are good now, though. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and we'll talk a bit more about uh, where things are at uh, now. It's certainly, yeah, things are heading in the right direction, but it hasn't always been that way. And, I mean, obviously for you, uh, as uh, one of the founding members of the uh, metal band Korn, uh, which has been going, obviously, for, for decades now. Back in those early days, I mean, you guys were really just tearing it up. You know, you were seeing so much uh, success and, you know, it seemed like nothing uh, could go wrong for you guys. It was, I guess, literally the whole, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll lifestyle. So it was a pretty crazy start for you, I guess, as a, as a very young man uh, entering into that sort of world. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's not what we signed up for because I used to play uh – music with my friends in a garage you know and and you know like half of the band of corn were in that garage with me and we were just kids and we lo- and we loved the music and you know once we moved to la and everything and then we had this dream of becoming rock stars and we just pursued that and a little bit later you know not much later a couple of years we got uh, record deals and everything and got signed and once we hit the road it became like it was. It's it's kind of like you you get on this roller coaster and you can't get off, you know, mm. because it's just it's just try. It's everywhere around you, you know, the uh, the party lifestyle, and you and you know you could get away with anything. Yeah, you know, we did drugs um, with, with the cops next to us, you know, just like hey, uh, look the other way, and they, they would, you know, they're friends of ours, so they just look the other way and yeah. do whatever we do. We we had a license to do anything, which is very uh, destructive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's, I guess, the thing is that it sort of sets you on a path for your lives. I mean, you guys, you know, we're all very young, and I guess in some respects, looking back, probably, you know, in many ways, certainly emotionally, really unprepared for that sort of you know, world that you suddenly found yourselves in the middle of. Yeah, exactly. That's it, because we were just kids. We were mm. kids, and, and everyone's like, here, you know, this is... This is what you get, you know, yeah. for for you know whatever free and liquor endorsements, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. doctors writing us prescriptions for Xanax or Vicodin whenever we wanted, 
And uh, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. What do you want on your uh, after show uh, rider? They call it. You know, we're like Dorito chips and Coors Light and Bud Light and uh, and whiskey. <laughs> you know, wow. like you don't care about your health or anything. Yeah, the kid. And then into the mix of all that came a kid. I mean, you had a little baby girl, and suddenly, you know, I guess your heart was uh, smitten by this little one, but you sort of realized that really this wasn't the sort of world that you wanted uh, her to be in. What was that like for you, that whole, I guess, that period of time where you uh, became a father and suddenly was, I guess, having doubts about uh, your future? Um, you know, it's it's like, it's cool. God, God will send you know, children into our lives to raise us, right? Mm. Like we think we're raising them and we are raising them, but they actually raise us too in a lot of ways. They help us grow up. They help us become selfless. They help us, you know, give our lives for another. And so that's what she did. She came in and, and got my mind focused off of myself and onto her. And But there became the tug of war because, you know, when she was here, I got sober and I wanted to be a good dad and everything. And I tried that. But then, once, you know, life comes and you just, you know, you live life every day, you become used to having a child and everything. And then, and then I fell back into my old ways. And, uh, and then there was that tug of war. It was mm. party Brian wanting to live and dad, daddy Brian that wanted to live too. And, and both of them had desires to be the other one. And so it was like, there were two of me fighting, you know, it's yeah. like, who's going to win? Who's, and then. The drug Brian got so strong that it just took the other Brian out with mm. it, you know. And so I went on a binge with methamphetamines and Vicodin and Xanax and alcohol and everything for two years. And I just was running from that Brian that was getting ready to come, you know, to be born in Christ and everything. And uh, so I ran hard and ran far away until I got to the lowest point. You know, it's kind of like the prodigal son story. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, I went. I found myself with the pigs. You know, so yeah. to speak, until I was ready to come home. Yeah, when you, were, as the the prodigal son, came to your senses, tell us about that. I mean, your your conversion experience, obviously, very dramatic. And in a, the midst of all that, I mean, obviously, you'd left the band in two thousand five, uh, which uh, was a you know massive news uh, for everyone that was into that whole scene. What was your uh, conversion experience uh, actually like? It was like. Okay, you hear about Jesus, you know, throughout your life. Everybody hears about Jesus, and everybody, you know, once in a while hears, you know, God bless you or whatever. And and you and, and some people on TV or something, they'll say something about Jesus or God. But then, but when I went to church and and I started just like wondering if it was real, and that's when the spiritual world opened up to me and. It was. It was. It wasn't just a person talking about Jesus. It was Christ actually reaching for me, calling me to to come to Him because I had asked Him into my heart, into my life when I was twelve, but I never told anybody. I just heard about Him, wow. and I was like, "Well, if He's a sa- if He's a Savior of the world, then I want Him." You know, before I went to high school and before I got all crazy, but um, so I thought back to that, and I started feeling. I would talk to Him, and then it start to feel his peace that surpasses all understanding, start to feel his, his love and forgiveness. And his just, I was, I like to tell people I was, I was cursed with like positive thoughts, you know, <laughs> coming off of drugs that, you know, I was surrounded with just negative thoughts, suicidal thoughts. And then when I started like seeking Jesus, I started getting like all these positive thoughts and emotions and, 
So I was just, I became instantly addicted to finding out the truth of how real Jesus mm. is and God is, you know. That's amazing. What an incredible journey. Obviously, and amongst all that, you know, you were able to, with God's help, rid yourself of the drugs. And, you know, I guess that whole lifestyle just uh, must have been like going from a darkness to light in so many different ways during that uh, you know, initial period of a few years. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It was really crazy because, I mean, go back to the my my conversion, though, like there was there were so many signs, you know. I was on a plane one time and I was on, on drugs and I, I kind of slipped into this vision type of thing where I saw myself on a different plane and the plane blew up and flames came slowly to me and I ended up just dying and into this realm of peace. Wow. I woke up and I thought it was real because I was on a plane and so... Yeah, it was really, really dramatic, and uh, but you know, I was all in. Once I found out it was real, I was like, okay, I, I need to stop. Yeah, I need to put the brakes on, stop everything I'm doing, and get to know like what life is really about. And mm. So that's when I quit the band. So it was really, I guess, like that, wasn't it? You just had to move away from everything and just allow God to clean your life out and deal with your heart, and obviously. You know, there would have been um, a process for your daughter as well, for Janaya, because she, you know, had grown up in this crazy lifestyle. And from the documentary, it seems like she, particularly the teenage years, were pretty tumultuous for her uh, dealing with, I guess, the, the backwash of some of that stuff. Yeah, and I was like, okay, um, for her sake, I left the band mostly, you know, and God to, to get to know God and just to put the brakes on. But so I'm, I'm doing everything that I think I should be doing. I'm. You know, of course I had problems, you know, coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems and mm. all these and so, but I kept chasing after God and Jesus and the, and so when she hit the teenage years, I started, I started just noticing all these things popping up and, and I was like, man, I, I thought I did everything you asked of me, God, you know, what is going on here? I, and, you know, I lost my money. I lost my cars and houses i lost my reputation everything but when i started losing my daughter i was like that's too much mm. and um i mean it was a test of faith in the regards of not if god is real but in the regards of do i want to walk do i want to follow this christian path because it's, it's hard you know it's, it's but then i got this breakthrough once all the testing and the trials and everything and there's still trials but it's like i hit this this realm of like uh you know, blessing and favor. And like, it's like, it seems like, like David, you know, he was getting chased down by Saul and just running and in the caves and just crying out to God, why, you know, my enemies around me and all this. And then all of a sudden, boom, he was, he was anointed King and he was placed in this, you know, this other season. And so that's what happened to me. I just crossed this, a uh, threshold of like into goodness and mercy and blessings are chasing me down, mm, you know? And that's, that's awesome. That's what I've been living in right now. And trust me, I've paid a lot of dues to <laughs> go through a lot of trials, you know? Yeah. I know a lot of other people have probably gone through worse, but my, mine were pretty heavy too. That's, uh, it's great to hear that, uh, you know, God's blessing is on you in amongst all of that though. Tell us about your return to corn. I mean, leaving the band, I can understand. I mean, obviously, you know, you've had this conversion experience. You, as you said, you wanted to, make changes for the benefit of your daughter. So you leave the band, but then seven years later, surprisingly, you make the decision to reunite uh, with the band and you're still to this day touring um, and uh, very much a, a big part of the band. What was the process for you 
making that decision to go back? I mean, obviously, you know, as you've explained, the, the lifestyle is, uh, you know, very worldly and, and ungodly in many ways. But you chose, I, I see it almost as like a missionary venture. You've got decided to, you know, venture in there where um, you've got an opportunity to be a, a light and, and salt in that area. But what was it like actually making that decision to uh, to step out and do that? Well, yeah, I'd been gone, you know, um, it was about seven years. And then when I, when I started touring with him again, it was eight. But, you know, I... I, I wanted to stay as far away as I could because, you know, that lifestyle. And But, you know, I got led back to them. I was at a festival that they were playing once, and I'm, I just went and said hi to them, you know, and they asked me to play a song. I hung out with everybody and all the bands, and I found out everybody's more mature now. Everybody grew up. There's no hard drugs going around in our team at all. There's no women getting treated like objects. There's none of that anymore. Mm. People are having like remarried, have new babies, and <laughs> they're just thankful for their career. It's crazy. It's like God prepared me when I was away from them to go back one day, and he, it's like He was with them, preparing them for me to come back. You know, mm. it was it was really crazy. And so we all grew up, and you know, a lot of these people that dream, you know, backstage at rock concerts and everything, they'll be pretty bored at our concert because <laughs> all we do is focus. Our, our our focus is on the stage and on the crowd and putting on a, an energetic, fun show. But after that, it's like we like to chill. We like to, you know, hang out with each other, of course. We we do have fun and everything, but it's it's nothing like it used to be. And if it was, I wouldn't be back mm, at all. Because, that's interesting. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. And it's because it's not who I am anymore. Yeah, sure. And so that was, sure. that was the decision for me. And I did have counsel with friends and, and leaders that I trust and everything mm. and so it was it all lined up and since being back i'm telling you it's like it's so like god is all over it it's, that's it's, great his handprints are all over it. it's, it's so good to hear and i mean just seeing in the documentary like there's a clip of you backstage after a concert you know praying with a group of people i mean i'm not sure if you sort of you know, shared the gospel with them or what the prelude was to that but just the the opportunities that you would have in that setting that you know nobody else uh, would ever have the opportunity to uh, go in and uh, share God's love with people in that way. Yeah, totally. And it's, uh, you know, it, I mean, if you think about it, it's a perfect place to be because all those, all those people, so many of them are just like I used to be. Mm. So it's like, why not be there? You yeah. know, it just, it sounds so much like something Jesus would do. So it's like, <laughs> You know, people get hung up on the on the on the music and everything, and and uh, I used to too. So I try not to be critical of them. But um, but if you just sit and think about it, it's like there's a bunch of people that were just like me. So it makes sense. You know, mm. you mentioned about yeah you know, people that you respected, like leaders, and that that you know talked with you through that as you made that decision. How important was that to you to have? I guess the support of people that I guess got what you were uh, doing and and the reason why. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was. It was really important to me at that time because my whole story was I left everything and walked away. I left fame and riches, and and walked away to follow Christ. So now he's leading me back. I'm like, wait, <laughs> there goes. If I'm wrong, there goes my whole story, my whole testimony. Yeah. You know, like if I'm wrong, this is. So I was like, I need, I need you to show me, and I need these three people to come into agreement. I need, I, I would like, I put that down. I was like, I need this. You need to show me because I don't, I don't want to make a mistake here. And, uh, 
And I was like, Lord, you have every, every right to break anything in my life to, to stop me from going back there. And so, yeah, that was, that was very important with the leaders and they all came. One of them wasn't, wasn't like, didn't give the answer that I, that I, that I wanted to go back. And I was like, I prayed, I said, Lord, that, then I can't do it. And then on my birthday, I saw him again and he told me, Hey, I got, I got to tell you, I feel like I was wrong the other day. You know, no, well. I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. It was that real, you know, yeah. stuff like that. I, and I needed that back then, you know, I needed that, that confirmation too. That's really good to hear. Tell me just before we go, we're, we're out of time, but uh, Janaya, what's she up to at the moment? Uh, how old is she now? Almost 21 in July, and she is around the corner, actually. She's really tired. We had a long day. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like almost midnight in, in America, but um, we have a concert tomorrow, Corn, and she's with me. We're going to go watch some other bands. It's a big festival, and so she's doing great. She, she's in online college for creative writing, and so, yeah, she's doing amazing. And all the drama from the movie that's in there and it's like it's in the past now and we've mm. been through it we've been healed from it we're not perfect but we have a great family now you're listening to the story today andrew robinson is chatting with heavy metal guitarist brian welch from the band known as corn we'll hear more of brian's story when we return the story If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, our guest is heavy metal guitarist Brian Welch from the rock band known as Korn. Before the break, we heard how Brian left the band when he became a Christian and how eventually God surprisingly led him to return to his old band. But this time, it was very different. Andrew Robinson caught up with Brian at a Christian media conference in Australia and they continued their conversation. You started attending church. There was a conversion experience and then obviously the whole process of you know, getting out of the drugs and alcohol and everything. Yeah. What time frame? I mean, was this like in a, a weekend or was it over a period of a couple of years? What was that process? About the quitting and everything once I started going to yeah. church? The time frame was about two months. I had quit the first really success story because I tried to quit a year into my meth addiction, everyday addiction. And um, I quit for like uh, two days or something, and I started having panic attacks. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, oh, I'm coming down, and I, I'm, I'm dizzy, and I'm having a panic attack. So I went right to the drug dealer and said, I need, I can't, I'm just, uh, I'm a mess, I can't stop. And so a, a year, another year passes, and I'm like, okay, Jesus, that guy told me that you're Jesus, and you're the Son of God, I'm going to go into this uh, hotel by myself and I'm going to try to quit like I did last time but Jesus you're going to help me within three days I looked out the window and looked at the beauty of, of the sun and out and I went walking in the street and I'm just like I feel incredible there was no attack there was no nothing and um, I was I started like messaging people oh my gosh I'm, I feel so good you know and uh, and so 
I was sober. I started going to church, and I'm like, this is awesome. I start, and then it, oh, I felt so like grateful that I started going like on Mondays and Wednesdays, and I was going to Bible studies. I was just <laughs> all in. Yeah. And then someone said, uh, I feel like God's given me a word for you to, to check your house about all your past. And I went and I found drugs. And I, I did them. Then I, mm-hmm. And then all the church people that I connected with, they were calling me, where are you? And I just turned off my phone. And I was, I was trying to get high for like a week, and I couldn't get high the same way. I couldn't. I just couldn't. And next thing you know, um, I, I, I started going to church high on drugs, and I'm just like, you know, the guy said, come as you are. So and then I quit again, and so it's it's kind of blurry, mm-hmm. but it was all about two two months. Wow! So it really, I mean, because obviously it was a, a long term addiction before yeah. that. So even the fact that it was two months is quite miraculous. But right? you know, yeah. God was doing a real work in your heart and bringing you to a point of uh, transformation. Total miracle. I mean, you're supposed to sleep. I, you know, I was doing meth off and on for uh, about ten years. And even like a three day or like a weekend use, you would sleep for like hard for a week or something. So mm-hmm. imagine two years. That's like th- yeah. three weeks, just like sick and down. And so it was a complete miracle that I was up and walking around in three days. Wow. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. You've come through all this and really just, you know, on fire for the Lord, getting your life sorted out, obviously. And a big part of that was for your daughter's benefit. You really wanted to have, I guess, a, a normal life for Jenea growing yeah. up. Was there a temptation for you to get a haircut and get a real job? For one of a better word, I mean, obviously, you know, just to totally move away from the whole rock and roll lifestyle, because obviously after you were reborn, then you recorned. You went back yeah. back to the band. Recorned. So corn again. What what was the the process in that? Like, was there any even an inkling that you would do that, or was it you, were you just wanting to get as far away from it as you could? No, my story. God gave me the story that I left everything. There was a twenty three million dollar advance record deal on the table when I left, and I walked away. I didn't see a penny. Wow. So that was my story. I left it all. I left it all for Jesus. And then once he like started leading me, that showing me that he strengthened me just enough that I can go back into the environment like that, I was confused. I'm like, wow, I'm like the hero to so many people because I'm like, they can tell their kids, look at this guy. He doesn't need the world. He had everything, but Jesus is, hmm. is follow his example. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm back in the band. They're like, ah, <laughs> see, I knew he's going to go back. He couldn't stay away from the fame and the money, you know? Meanwhile, God's like, got a plan with my life and a purpose. Mm. Not more important than anybody else, but it was my unique purpose. And he's like, I want you to go back and be a light. I want you to be an example. I want you to go help people because God's heart is for hurting people. What better place to be than surrounded by people that were just like I used to be, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it makes pretty clear sense, you yeah, know? that's right. Well, it really, I sort of see it as a missionary venture for you because yeah. you've you know, launched into this, uh, as you say, a world of you know, madness and mayhem. Yeah. But your heart really is to, to rescue people out of that, isn't it? Yeah, to help people out of their drug addiction and their just uh, depression. You know, we've lost so many rockers to, you know, suicide or, or drug overdose or whatever. And so there's a lot of pain, and people make fun of Christianity still. And some people are like, "Oh, that's a Jesus guy in corn," you know. Mm. But when we're talking, we're talking about life and death here, people. You know, we're talking about 
people in depression and just horrible, horrible issues. And Christ is the answer in Christ. Mm-hmm. And this, this has helps countless people. So people can make fun of it all they want, but the, the results are undeniable, you know? Yeah. Well, certainly in your life, but uh, many others around yeah. you as well. There was no temptation to cut my hair though, because I'm, I love long <laughs> hair and I just, I don't know, maybe I'll cut it one day. And I've had shaved head too. And just like I've had every kind of hairdo. Have there been uh, either bandmates or crew that are on tour with you guys that have come to faith as well? Like what's that? sort of relationship like are you just the uh, obligatory person that says grace before a meal or or is it sort of becoming real for some of them as well it's definitely uh purposeful and uh we've we've uh led many people to the lord out other musicians many fans um we speak after me and the bass player are christians you know and sometimes i i do a lot of it but he's done some in the past too with me and uh there's a lot I mean, we talk about real life with people, and we found the answer, so mm. why not share the answer, you know? So, yeah, but there's a lot of other musicians, too, that are have become Christian, too, like Alice Cooper, mm. you know? And uh, this band, Papa Roach, a singer, and uh, there's the, the guy from Iron Maiden, Zach Wilde, who played with uh, Ozzy Osbourne, oh, you know, cool. he's... and. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's mm. All kinds of people out there finding faith. So I'm not the only Jesus freak. <laughs> That's awesome. That was Andrew Robinson chatting with heavy metal guitarist Brian Welch from the rock band known as Corn. If you're interested to learn more about his story, a documentary has been made about his life and about his relationship with his daughter, Janaya. It's called Loud Crazy Love. The website is loudcrazylove.com and the word crazy is spelt with a K. That's loudcrazylove.com. Brian says that there's some harsh language in the movie. It is rated M as it includes some interviews with band members who are somewhat antagonistic to the Christian faith. So you want to keep that in mind when deciding to view the film. The documentary tells an inspiring story of redemption and reconciliation between a father and his daughter. It's great to hear that despite all the rocky times they have gone through, they are now closer than ever before. Well, thanks for joining us for Brian Welch's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. So Rebecca started at 14 babysitting. Um, our eldest son, Daniel, uh, at 12, was mowing and raking people's lawns. And the funny thing is, is that they knew when they earned their 20 dollars $60, whatever it was, they brought it home and put it on the kitchen table. And that was what was putting groceries on our table. So we were working together, and all of us were working together pretty closely just to survive. David and Helen Smallbone have certainly made a huge impact on the history of contemporary Christian music. They are the parents of successful recording artists Rebecca St. James and Joel and Luke Smallbone from Forking and Country. But before their children made it big, they went through some huge challenges themselves in the music industry. We'll hear their story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.